0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck
1: Chrismeyer. Who will lead the nation and the world to its grand state of affairs? Who will lead the nation and the world? to to its glory. As promised by God, will it be the replacement for Barack Obama, Joe Biden and his replacement, that according to Sarah Palin, Governor, former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin, there's going to be a new candidate that the Democrat Party is going to bring in to replace at the last moment Joe Biden and he, that is the new candidate, will be the savior. That's right. In fact, she goes even further. She says, They are going to throw someone else in that will be the Democratic Messiah, their new savior. Well, that's what one party said. Then, Viktor Orban, the Hungarian prime minister was interviewed this week, and he said that former President Donald Trump is the only man who can save the Western world, if not all humanity, from the existential threat of a nuclear world war. you got to call back Trump, he said. That's the only way out. He said he's the only one that can bring peace and do that immediately. Call back Trump, he said, because you can criticize him for many reasons But, you know, the best foreign policy of the recent several decades belongs to him. He said if he would have been president the moment of the Russian invasion, it would not have been possible for the Russians to do that. So he said Trump is the man that can save the Western world and probably the human beings in the world as well. Well, it was all the result, he said, of Trump keeping the U.S. enemies closer than other presidents had. He's criticized, said Orban, that he's not educated enough to understand the world. This is not the case. Facts count, said Orban, because Trump's foreign policy was the best one for the world in the last several decades as I've seen it. So, will the Democrats bring forth a messiah, a savior and messiah, or will Donald Trump be the savior and messiah, or neither one of them? Are these just euphemisms, or is there something deeper down in the mind and heart of the people that is yearning for somebody, somewhere, to be the grand deliverer. And if indeed Trump was to be the Messiah, then why is it that Tucker Carlson said this week that the Democrats will do anything to stop Trump from being president again? He said we're speeding towards assassination. They have decided that there's something about Trump that's so threatening to them, they just can't have it. Really? So he'll be the Savior and the Messiah and then be killed for it. Are you beginning to see the depth of the foolishness that we're living in, friends? This program is not registered as a Democrat. It's not registered as a Republican. This program is registered in the kingdom of God. That's what we're supposed to be seeking, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the other things will be fulfilled. The problem is we don't want to seek first the kingdom of God. We want to seek first power, perks, and position, whether Democrat or Republican. And because of that, we're missing out on hope. We're missing out on real hope. But we continue to press on with false hope, thinking that somehow we're going to raise up the ultimate deliverer, the ultimate Messiah. And what people don't quite realize is that over 20 times Barack Obama was called the Messiah, he was even called Jesus. You can find all of that in my book, King of the Mountain, also in the book, Messiah. That's right. The world is looking for some sort of a deliverer, some sort of Messiah. But on Viewpoint Today, we're going to move from those words, Savior and Messiah, and we're going to take a look at the dynamics of what is really taking place, you might say, in the political world, But in reality, the political world is merely a reflection of the spiritual world. Did you hear that? What we're experiencing politically in our country has its roots or dynamism in the spiritual realm. The more we reject God, the more problems we have in the political world. The more a particular... Uh, A particular political party rejects God, the more rebellion they have toward God, and the greater their animosity toward God, and the greater their repudiation of all the things that God has said would be necessary if we were to have a nation that would bless him. Because the scripture says that righteousness alone exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. That's what the Bible says. I don't know what you say, but that's what the Bible says. So if you're pursuing the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then we have to be very careful when we're looking at so called political saviors or political answers or political parties, because the reality is not one of them is perfect. That's true. And not one of them is totally righteous. That's true. So then which is more righteous? Which is more in alignment with the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Let me give you an illustration. Since God repudiated the effort of those back in Genesis chapter 11 to build a tower unto God, a tower unto heaven, that is, not unto God, but unto heaven, and they thought that they were going to be able to circumvent what God had already commanded the people to do. He had called them to disperse after the flood and spread out through the earth in their various nations that God had appointed them to. But they decided, no, we don't want to do that. We want to become globalists. We want to unite rather than disperse. God says, this is not a good picture. He looked at them and he said, now they're speaking the same thing. Nothing shall be restrained from them what they shall imagine to do. And so he confounded their language. Why did he confound their language? Because he didn't want them to pursue globalism. What are we pursuing today? What is the high point, the greater vision of the Biden administration, for instance? Globalism. That's what it's all about. That's why John Kerry, his environmental czar, said the moment Joe Biden was inaugurated, he said the Biden inauguration is the key to advancing the Great Reset, which is a euphemism for the one world order of globalism. So if we just looked at the the issue of globalism by itself, we know that there's something inherently ungodly about it. It is causing God to resist our country and resist our efforts. Whether you be a Democrat or Republican is not the point. If it's what you embrace. Are we listening yet? Oh, we just started today. Just barely started. We'll be right back. It happened today. Former President Donald Trump pleaded not guilty and sought to sever his case from other defendants who were accused, along with him, of illegally trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. The decision to skip an in-person appearance averts the dramatic arrangements or arraignments that have accompanied the three other criminal cases that Trump faces, in which the Republican former president had been forced to, Amid tight security into a course room, courtroom and entered not guilty pleas before crowds of spectators. An attorney for Trump also asked the judge yesterday today, to separate his case from those of defendants who have asked for an expedited trial that is scheduled to start on October 23rd. Giving the former president less than two months to prepare a defense against a 98-page indictment that would, in effect, violate President Trump's federal and state constitutional rights to a fair trial and due process of law. So, that's what happened today. What else has happened? Well... Despite Democrat, federal, and local prosecutors bringing for unprecedented criminal indictments with 91 total charges against former President Donald Trump, polls show his support growing in the 2024 presidential race. How could that possibly be? What is driving that? You would think that if a person is actually guilty or looks guilty before the public, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with him, Right. So why is it that the more he's indicted, the greater the support for the people? Not just from Republicans, friends, but from Democrats and from independents. Something's going on here. There's a dynamic behind the scenes that you and I are not hearing about. We're just not hearing about it. And the reason we're not hearing about it is because, The sources for delivering that kind of information, the primary sources, are not giving the whole truth. They're only giving a form of truth that actually is deceptive because they're not giving the whole truth. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to try to provide at least some additional information that will help us all to better understand the dynamics that are really going on here. Some of the dynamics are political. Some of the dynamics are legal. Some of the dynamics are illegal. Some of them are the pursuit of agendas that are far beyond the Constitution of the United States. In fact, that are contrary to the Constitution of the United States. Some of the agendas that are driving these things are actually very close to treasonous. In the name of the law. Under color of law. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to work through some of these things, and I hope it will be helpful to you as we press forward. Now, when we finish the previous segment, we were talking about the issue of globalism. Michael Katz writes for Newsmax, and he says, Trump declares Rupert Murdoch a globalist. Now, is he right, or is he wrong? And does it even matter? And who is Rupert Murdoch anyway? Rupert Murdoch is the head, the chair of Fox Corp. Fox Corporation, the parent company of Fox News. But he is also, Fox Corp is the sister company of News Corp, which owns the Wall Street Journal. And what is the Wall Street Journal? The Wall Street Journal is ostensibly a relatively conservative news piece, unlike the New York Times. So you would think that the information that you would get from the Wall Street Journal would be consistent with, shall we say, a more conservative view. But why is it then that the New York, excuse me, the uh, Wall Street Journal has been trumping DeSantis and denigrating Trump? Why? What's going on? Well, Mr. Trump goes straight for the jugular. He says it's because Robert Rupert Murdoch is a globalist. That's right. Rupert Murdoch is a globalist. He says, you don't know that, but I am America first. It's very simple. I put America first. It will always be that way, so get used to it. Rupert Murdoch doesn't like that. Neither do these grand globalist you, uh, utopian visionaries such as Klaus Schwab, there over there, uh, the founder of the uh, World Economic Forum, and the Democrat Party, which is almost 100 percent globalist, and many within the Republican Party also that are globalists. They are godless globalists. To be a globalist means you, by definition, have to be godless. You say, well, I don't understand you, how you get to that. Isn't that a, too much of a generalization? No, it's not. We already discussed why that is, you see, because God is against globalism. The Bible clearly states back in the book of Genesis that God is against globalism. Genesis chapter 11 The story of the Tower of Babel, that's what it's all about. The people rebelled against what God said after the flood. God wanted the people to disperse throughout the various lands and continents and so on. And the Bible says that God laid out the parameters for their nations. But the people decided they didn't want to do that. Maybe they didn't want to do that for security. Maybe they didn't want to do that because they felt it was too hard. Who who knows why they didn't want to, but they didn't want to. So they dissed what God said. They disagreed with what God said, and God wasn't happy. Read Genesis chapter 11. God wasn't happy. And so he was so unhappy that he said, there's only one way I'm going to break up this, shall we say, insurrection against me i'm going to have to confound their languages and that's what he did and so now we have actually a company that has named itself babel after the tower of babel in order to enable us all to speak the same (laughs) or at least to learn the languages of others uh, more easily I don't want to make too much of that, but it is interesting that they chose that name. It is also interesting that a globalist company called Amazon decided last year to build a new headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, right outside our nation's capital, and frame it, design it, in accordance with the imagery of the Tower of Babel. It's true. It's amazing. And the EU did the same thing with regard to their headquarters in Strasbourg, France. It just looks more modern. You see, that spirit of rebellion, of globalizing the world, is increasing, not decreasing, but increasing And that's why we're at this moment of truth, in the valley of decision, as a nation, whether we're going to participate in that spirit. Donald Trump says, no way, no how, we're going to make America great again. The others say, we hate you, Donald Trump, because you say that, because we're just on the verge of making the world one. Globalizing it. That's the big kahuna, so to speak. That's the big issue. It's not about anything else, really. That's the big issue. And they're not about, as Mr. Carlson has voiced this week, they're not going to countenance that. They'll do anything to stop Trump from being president again, even assassinate him. Now, I'm not certainly certainly calling for that, and I certainly hope, and I pray for the protection of human beings out there, including Donald Trump. Because they're all made in the image of God. They're not acting like they're in the image of God, but they're made in the image of God. So you and I have to make choices, and the choices that we're making are not primarily political The politics are flowing from our spiritual choices, including globalism. Globalism is at its root a war or declaration against God. So you might want to just get a copy of my book, King of the Mountain, because we talk about that in that book. It'll help to open your eyes as to the dynamics of what is really going on. And believe it or not, that book was written 10 years ago, and it's more relevant today than it was when it was written. People say that. It's amazing, but it's true. It's a $20 book, $15 on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia. Two, three, two, five, five, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, we want to move beyond the talk about globalism. That's only one aspect of what we're dealing with here today. I am looking at a series of articles here that help us to understand that we're looking at something here that behind the scenes is fraught with such wickedness. You can call it spiritual wickedness. You can call it legal machinations that are illegal. There are many different ways to look at these things, but I'm going to share the facts with you as they're presented here in these articles and let you make the, cho- make the decision. The first is this headline. Georgia prosecutor should have been banned from the Trump case. The Georgia prosecutor has made her name famous. She did it intentionally because everybody in Georgia knows that she, well, she just wants to be famous. She has ambitions that won't quit. And so she's using this case as a means to elevate herself and attempt to gain these ambitions that otherwise she would never be able to attain. So what do they look like? Well, she, the judge's side to hear one of the Biden administration orchestrated cases against President Donald Trump was Tanya Chukten. And it's been revealed that Chuktan has a family history in Jamaica of Marxist revolutionary tactics with her grandfather, who was actually jailed for that reason. But at the moment, we're not going to focus on that aspect. We're going to focus on Fulton County, Georgia, There's another judge, Robert McBurney, who allowed prosecutor Fannie Willis to go forward with a grand jury, and it's been revealed to have violated legal precedent in the case. Now, this gets a little complicated, so try to hang in there with me. That's according to Hans van Sp- uh, Spakovsky, a legal a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation and former commissioner on the Federal Election Commission. So he's not some sh- uh, schlock. He's also a board member of the Public Interest Legal Foundation and has explained... That the Judge McBurney of Fulton County, Georgia, failed to properly follow the precedent set by the state Supreme Court in allowing the county's top prosecutor to go forward with a grand jury investigation of former President Donald Trump after disqualifying the prosecutor from part of the pro for misbehavior. Misbehavior. Whose misbehavior? Fannie Willis. He previously wrote about the problems with the spurious indictment by Fannie Willis, the politically ambitious district attorney. It's because McBurney disqualified Willis from continuing to target then state senator Burt Jones in her investigation. So she should have been banned from Trump's case. looking at three separate aspects of legal shenanigans or illegal shenanigans behind the scenes that uh, have infected these cases, at least two of them, if not three of them, regarding the uh, indictments against President Donald Trump. We're talking about Fannie Willis there in Georgia. A decision had been made by McBurney, a judge in Fulton County, Georgia, to disqualify and ban Fannie Willis from the case against Senator Burt Jones. Now, why would that have any effect upon Donald Trump? Well, that decision came because Willis had done a fundraiser for Jones' political opponent. Willis apparently was targeting him, that is Jones, because he was one of the contingent electors who showed up at the state capitol December first, two 2020, to vote for Trump to preserve a remedy for him if a court or the state legislature overturned the results of the election. So now she's against Trump Because she's against this fella, Jones, because she was voting for and supporting his political opponent. So McBurney ordered Willis to leave the Jones case alone because she hosted and headlined a fundraiser for Charles Bailey, the Democrat candidate opposing Jones. The judge said it was plain and actual and untenable conflict since any decision Willis made about Jones in connection with the grand jury was necessarily infected by it. So he quite properly disqualified Willis and her entire office from targeting Jones in any way. But friends, exactly the same situation has arisen with regard to Donald Trump. And she proceeded anyway. Are you beginning to get the picture? Now, we don't have time to go into all the nitty-gritty details concerning that particular case. You can look it up, look it up on World Net Daily. Court President George, Georgia prosecutor, should have been banned from Trump case. Now we move on to the next one. The House Judiciary Committee is pressing both the White House and Judi- uh, Justice Department to provide information about meetings between Special Counsel Jack Smith's team and, wh- and White House aides in the weeks leading up to the indictment of former President Donald Trump up there in Washington, D.C. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan wrote letters to Attorney General Merrick Garland and White House Chief of Staff Jeff Zintz inquiring about Smith aide Jay Bratz meeting with Biden White House officials on numerous occasions, including meeting nine weeks before the grand jury indictment of the documents case. Jordan's letters say the information about the visits raises serious concerns regarding the potential for a coordinated effort between the Department of Justice and the White House to investigate and prosecute President Joe Biden's political opponents. The letters asked the White House and Justice Department for documents and communications referring to a visit from Bratt to the White House and for documents and communications between the Executive Office of the President and the Department of Justice referring to the investigation or prosecutions by Smith's office. Jordan asked each to provide the information by 5 p.m. on September 12th. The New York Post first reported this last Saturday on the West Wing meeting with Brat and White House officials. The Jordan letters reference that Stanley Woodward, a lawyer for indicted Trump protege Walter Nauta, alleged that Bratt talked to him about his application to be a federal judge. Now I want you to connect these dots now, friends. These are the shenanigans going on behind the scenes. You can call it political if you want, but at the root of it, it's spiritual. Bribery is a spiritual issue. It may have political uh, implications, but it is a spiritual issue. Mr. Brad is alleged to have improperly pressured a lawyer representing an employee of President Trump to induce the lawyer's client to cooperate with the department's prosecution. Against Trump, Jordan's letter says Mr. Bratt allegedly commented to the lawyer that he did not think the lawyer was a Trump guy and that he would do the right thing. Oh, what's the right thing? In other words, do what he wanted. Mr. Bratt referenced the lawyer's application for a judgeship on the D.C. Superior Court and implied that the application would be received more favorably if his client cooperated with the prosecution of President Trump. Next, another case. The one up there was in Maryland. Delaware, I believe it is. The federal judge assigned to hear the January 6, 2021 allegations against President Trump has been revealed to have a family with a history in Jamaica of Marxist revolutionary tactics. Notice the word Tactics. A report from Becker News explained that Tanya Chuken, appointed by President Obama, is the grandchild of Frank Hill, a communist revolutionary in Jamaica who was jailed with his brother, Ken, by the British governor during World War II because of suspicions of subversive activities. Frank Hill's daughter, Noelle Hill, is Chukhan's mother, the judge's mother media outlets explained that Frank and Ken both were tossed for the People's National Party of Jamaica for their communist beliefs. The report explained Chukhan has faced accusations from conservatives who allege that she demonstrates political bias in her role. Florida Representative Matt Getz said Tanya Chukhan was appointed as a district judge for the United States District Court for the District of Columbia by President Barack Obama after donating thousands of dollars to get him elected. In other words, follow the money. In fact, Hen gave $1,500 to Obama's campaign to establish her credentials as a leftist activist on the court. Further, Yetz accused Hen of inappropriately expressing support for violent protests that occurred in the summer of 2020 all the while handing down multiple tough sentences to nonviolent January 6th defendants, including one today for 17 years. Additionally, during a sentencing hearing in October 22, she inappropriately lamented that President Donald Trump remains free to this day. In other words, she convicted him before a trial by her own words. The judge's time and again has claimed that the January 6th events were an attempt to overthrow the government, even though if that were accurate, is the worst attempt ever because there weren't any plans to overthrow the government and no uh, replacement government was ever talked about or planned. In fact, the January 6th protesters didn't kill anybody, even though police shot and killed an unarmed protester. And the Black Lives Matter riots led to nearly two dozen deaths, which the judge seemed to support. So according to the New York Post, Frank Hill actually was a Jamaican communist revolutionary. That's the judge's heritage, and that's her belief system. And that's who is supposed to be judging whether or not Donald Trump was within his constitutional rights to try to look into whether or not an election was fair. I'm beginning to get the picture. You haven't heard these things, most likely. Most likely. Now, let's take a look at what's happened. Donald Trump is very concerned about the GOP, Grand Old Party, because he said they're gutless. Now, he didn't use that word, but that's what he's saying. He says if they don't proceed against the Biden, uh, Joe Biden and his family, rapidly, because of all the evidence, real evidence, that has been turned up, then the GOP will fade into oblivion and will no longer have any valid power in the country. He said the Republican Party, in fact, he didn't say this. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of the American Spectator, wrote on August 25th these words. The Republican Party is fooling itself in believing it can, it is in the era of Trump, return to the Bush-era neocon Republicanism that simply doesn't exist anymore outside the Beltway. She said the Democrats and the media run a constant clown show, but the Republicans play along as useless puppets, willfully participating in a system designed to destroy them. McKinsey wrote, Republican Party is allowing itself to be rigged by playing by the rules of an old system that no longer exists. The Democrats and their bureaucracy and media are vicious apparatchiks, she said. A dirty and obvious enemy. But Republicans, she says, are worse because they don't even see their own participation in the big lie. They would rather step over Trump's dead political body than save the republic. And in so doing, they will never have power again, even if they regain it. They will be vassals of the state apparatus, nothing more, Or else. It's hard to disagree with her, very hard to disagree with her. Now, as we move toward the final segment of the program today, we're going to ask a question that may be baffling you. It's baffling the politicians, it's baffling the onlookers. How is it that the more the indictments, the greater Trump's support becomes? The more the indictments, the greater the support becomes, not just from Republicans, but from Democrats and independents. Why? We'll attempt to answer that when we get back. This is
2: click cell church
1: welcome back to viewpoint i'm chuck chris meyer today while we're talking about issues that are political the foundation for these issues and the manner in which we're discussing them is not political you can make anything political you can make abortion political, which it foundationally is not political. It's moral and spiritual. You can make divorce political. You can make uh, fornication political. You can make just about anything political. You can make fatherhood political. You can make motherhood per- political, but they're not fundamentally political. They're biblical, moral, and spiritual. So there has been such a tremendous effort to confuse and throw up all kinds of smokescreen and all kinds of things to obfuscate the reality of the things that we're really dealing with. What we're really dealing with issues are not politics, but moral and spiritual. That's what we're dealing with. They have political ramifications, but they're not fundamentally political. On this program, we attempt to go for the heart of the matter, not the symptoms, but the solutions, the heart. The heart of the matter is always the heart. That's what we need to go for. And if you're a Christian, you've got to be aware that you are being seduced into a look at symptoms rather than the heart. That's what human beings do. Man looks on the outward appearance and the symptoms, but God looks on the heart. Okay? So we're looking at the heart of the matter, the root issues of this program. We always try to do that. It does not mean they don't have political ramifications. Everything has a political ramification. You can actually make whether you brush your teeth in the morning a political issue. Very easily. You can make what kind of dog you own a political issue, depending on how much poop he makes and how you want to frame it. Look, let's go back and take a look now at what's happening as a result of these spurious indictments that are not based in law. They're based in Politics. They're based in symptoms that are being used for political purposes to drive a political agenda rather than dealing with the fundamental legal issues. So, Michael Master wrote a piece today called On Trump Indictments, Be Patient. He said, our founding fathers were pretty smart. They feared the tyranny of the majority that could be manipulated, especially manipulated by a politically driven media and by those who were in power. So they created a constitution with rights for the individual that are not subject to democratic will, not subject to the tyranny of the majority, not subject to the changing whims of a manipulated population. They created a separate and independent judicial branch. That is not supposedly subject to the will of the people or subject to the executive branch or subject to the legislative branch. Notice that the things that we brought up here all show the effort being made to control the judicial branch by the executive branch. That is unconstitutional, friends, from the get go. It's a defrauding of the American people by the abuse. Of our constitutional system, all supposedly in the name of justice. What a perversion. So, Michael Master says before coming to any conclusions concerning the guilt of Donald Trump, let's watch what happens with these Trump indictments. First of all, Special Counsel Jack Smith is zero for five on appeals to the Supreme Court. In other words, he is so far out in his ways, in his machinations legally, that the Supreme Court doesn't support him. He's brought five appellate cases to the Supreme Court and lost every one of them. Hmm. Interesting. So why was he chosen? He was chosen specifically because he's known for his radical positions not for his justice. Democrats have been continually reversed by this Supreme Court for using wrong laws and legal overreach and wrong interpretations of laws in the Constitution. And all four Trump indictments by these Democrat prosecutors may suffer the same fate. But we won't know until these cases go through the total process of trials and appeals all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I hope you listen to that. It's not just what some biased judge, that we've already focused on their biases, it's not just what some biased judge has to say, or some biased jury in a district that is 95% Democrat. That's not the bottom line. Today, the general public is only getting what the mainstream media emphasizes. Just like with the Russian hoax, with the January 6th as an armed insurrection, and with a host of other false accusations, so McMaster says, watch what happens to public sentiment as these cases proceed and the people learn more about election fraud, more about the rights granted to Trump under the First Amendment. He said, remember that 51 intelligence officers signed a false letter, a lie, that the Hunter laptop was Russian disinformation. And remember that 22 FBI agents lost their jobs for using the Clinton-produced steel dossier for a FISA warrant to spy on Trump. And remember that Democrats falsely claimed that January 6th was an armed insurrection Notice that Jack Smith isn't even claiming that. And that four officers died because of January 6th. And remember that Democrats accused Trump of abusing the power when he asked the Georgia Secretary of State to find 11,000 votes. And they haven't accused him of abuse of power in that regard. And when he asked Ukraine to investigate the Bidens regarding Burisma, is now being shown, and Biden actually has bragged about his abuse of power in that regard, on television. And remember, all U.S. citizens are assumed innocent until proven guilty by the due process in our Constitution. So watch closely before coming to a conclusion about these cases be patient don't fall into the trap of condemning trump before he's able to make his defense the left is hoping that you will condemn him before the trials and appeals hopes that you would become wary and abandon him so please be patient he says isn't that what you want from people if you were in the same situation It's an interesting article worthy of being spoken about. So now we look at this question. Why is it that with every single indictment, the support for Donald Trump has increased? Are the American people just completely hoodwinked? Or are the indictments revealing how the Democrat Party and the globalists are attempting to hoodwink the public. Which is it? Where does the moral weight lie? I didn't say perfection, I said, Where does the moral weight lie? Charles Kim came out with an article today, Trump's support grows amid legal woes. Despite Democrat, federal, and legal prosecutors bringing four unprecedented criminal indictments with 91 total charges against former President Donald Trump, polls show his support growing in the 2024 presidential race. The Real Clear Politics national polling average has Trump leading his nearest GOP primary competitor, Ron DeSantis, by 40 percentage points 53.6 to 13.5 as of today manhattan district attorney alvin bragg at a grand jury handed down a 34 point indictment criminal indictment against the former president on april 4th the polls showed trump's support rose 26 percentage points over desantis the very next day department of justice special counsel jack smith handed down Second Amendment against, a second indictment against Trump two months later. On June 10th, Trump's lead in the polling over DeSantis had increased to 32 percentage points. Smith went to the well again on August 1st, handing down the third indictment. Georgia's Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, and a local grand jury announced a fourth criminal indictment against Trump and 18 of his associates. By August 20th, Trump was ahead of DeSantis by 31 points. Oh, but that's just one poll. The McLaughlin poll says that Trump beats DeSantis with 72% of the GOP vote. Not only is he decisively defeating Joe Biden for president, he remains the overwhelming favorite to be the Republican nominee, and he didn't even show up for the debate. Why? Because the people know what he stands for. Among Republican primary voters, Donald Trump leads the field of 13 candidates with a 51% majority. Ramasamy has moved into second place with 13%. DeSantis has collapsed to 9%. Between Trump and DeSantis, what was once a 52% to 41% back in January is now the 72 to 28% blowout for Trump over DeSantis. Since the Republican candidate debate in Milwaukee polls show it changed nothing for Donald Trump. Now, our purpose here is not to elevate Donald Trump as the savior of the world. Neither is it to elevate whatever Democrat Party operatives say they're going to replace Joe Biden with to be their savior and messiah, as Sarah Palin announced. Our purpose here is to look at the facts as they stand, not from the position of pure politics. The numbers for polls, the political numbers for polls, are the reflection of something deeper. That's what we're trying to say. They're a reflection of something deeper. What people are perceiving, I believe, and not necessarily knowing how to identify it, they're perceiving that something is not right. Perhaps that's the better way to put it. Something is just not right with what's going on in the name of the law or under color of law, that it's not lawful at all. That it actually is the abuse of law in the name of law to achieve an agenda or do an end run around an election. And that's really what it is. So once again, we have a situation where the very people that are using objection to the election in 2020 are the people creating exactly the same scenario all over again. As Yogi Bear once said, deja vu all over again. Can you see that? Now you and i as professing christians are called not to vote politically we're called to vote spiritually we're called to vote according to truth as best we can not according to feelings according to truth as best we can that's my friend what we should be looking at not whether or not some spurious court decides to use the law to try to accomplish an end run around a legitimate election. But where does the truth lie? That's the question. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. I hope this has been helpful. God bless and be a blessing.